Today's bulletin brought to you by Your Sound, your community of Live 90.5. National Radio News. Hello, I'm Laura DeVoy. The federal government has approved a $1.25 billion loan to an Australian resources company to develop the country's first integrated rare earths refinery. The refinery will be built in Western Australia and will have the ability to produce separated rare earth oxide products, which are used in permanent magnets in technologies such as electric vehicles and clean energy generation. The loan will be delivered to Iluka Resources through the critical minerals facility. In a statement, Prime Minister Scott Morrison says the project will help to strengthen Australia's critical minerals supply chain while also creating huge job and economic opportunities. The Home Affairs Minister says she's looking into how a public servant who was being investigated for alleged child sex offences was given security clearance for an overseas posting. The man recently returned from Indonesia where he spent 12 months working with a security clearance which gave him access to classified information. He was charged in relation to historic child sex offences after his return to Australia. The Home Affairs Department says it was unaware of the allegations against the man when he was deployed. Minister Karen Andrews told the ABC she will consult her department on the best course of action. I'll seek advice from my department in the first uh, instance and um, I'll make my decisions based on that advice. In coronavirus news, Queensland has reported one COVID-related death and another 7,707 new cases. There are 437 people with the virus in hospital, including one in intensive care. And there were 739 new cases in the ACT in the latest reporting period. 45 people are in hospital, including four in intensive care. The figures come as Australians over the age of 65, Indigenous people over 50 aged and disability care residents and the immunocompromised are now eligible for a fourth dose of a vaccine. There must be a period of four months between third and fourth doses. Cultural stigma and institutional ambivalence associated with the induction of labour is creating confusion for parents and clinicians. Shannon Kirkwood reports. A new study is recommending pregnant women be offered induced labour at 39 weeks. The James Cook University research has found there is ambivalence in Australia on induction of labour despite increasing evidence of the benefits. Induction of labour, or IOL, which brings forward the baby's delivery date by drugs and mechanical means, is utilised by more than 45% of Australian women having their first baby. Dr Harsha Anantharam, who led the study, says among the benefits of IOL to low-risk patients, fewer stillbirths, perinatal deaths and caesarean sections. He says what's needed is standardised clinical practice, so the option is there for low-risk patients to consider an IOL at 39 weeks. Turning to sport, Australian Neil Robertson has produced a superb comeback to beat John Higgins 10-9 in the Tour Championship snooker finals in Wales. Robertson made a successful defence of his title after battling back from 9-4 down. And in golf, Aussie Matt Jones has just missed out on securing a start in this week's Masters as he tied for second place in the Texas Open. He finished two shots behind JJ Spawn, who won his first PGA Tour of and earned his first trip to the Masters this week. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. 
now for the latest weather on Alive 90.5. It's four minutes past two on a live 90.5. This is the business of life with Matthew Caruana. And currently we're sitting at 27 and a half degrees today. Mario, can you believe it? It's sunny out there. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, I've been sick and tired of this rain being on, off, on, off. And it has some sun. It's actually kind of relieving, if you tell me. <laughs> it's tops of 28 degrees today. Sunny day ahead. And same with tomorrow. Sunny day with tops of 26 degrees. And Wednesday, unfortunately, we're looking like a rainy turn. Tops of 23 degrees and a sunny day ahead for that day. It's five minutes past two on a live 90.5. This is the business of life with Mario and Matt. Mario, how are you today? Uh, not bad, not, not bad at all. You know, I mean, just uh, looking now the the was calling um. The weather is gonna be rain now, as you said. Like I just can't believe it. You know what I mean? So again, rain, but that's that's a good one. So it's time to rock and roll, my friend. We have the first guest in the studio, and I will take the first break, and we're gonna choose our guest, and you're gonna be amazed who he, actually he is. Absolutely. So stay tuned. Be sure to stick around. This is the business of life coming at you live from Alive 90.5. Your sound, your community.
93.5. If you'd like to know more about us, jump onto our website. www.alive905.com.au We're Invictus Partners, an Australian company specialising in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specialising in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive, Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02882-9837. Insightintelligence.com.au Station sponsor. So what did you do on the weekend? Oh, you know, just stayed at home, acted as a taxi for the kids. Mm. <laughs> There's just never enough time to get things done. You? I went hiking and canoeing with the kids and got qualified as a snorkelling instructor. But I know what you mean, the weekends really are too short. You did all that? Yeah. I mean, why should the kids have all the fun? Join Scouts as a leader. You'd love it. Oh. Kids would too. Do it. Just go to joinscouts.com.au. It's 11 minutes past two on a live 90.5. This is the business of life with Matt and Mario. Mario, we're, our guests are in studio and I'm I'm very keen to get this conversation rolling. Me too. So, you know, I don't have a visage that somebody is going to say the wedding can make it money. People will be happy in the wedding. But we have the, our first guest, um, <laughs> and she's going to tell us all about weddings, you know. Because weddings usually start with all this happiness and joy and anticipation and, and excitement. Grand. Yeah, <laughs> and the, uh, people spend like a forty, fifty thousand dollars, and Is then. That all? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. What but, background are you? Grace? Yeah, but Lebanese. That would make sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's right. um, but yeah, Matt, you know, take it over, Matt. <laughs> well, Grace, yeah, it's lovely to meet you. Please introduce yourself. Who is Grace? Thank you. Um, I'm Grace Steger. I'm from GD Events. Um, I'm also GD The Brand and GD Candles. Just, I wear many hats. Um, but I am the owner and director, I guess, of my brand. Uh, and I'm the face of GD. Um, I'm an event planner and we do not just weddings, but we do um, social events and corporate events and fundraising and all the fun stuff. Um, but I do what I love and I practice what I preach, I guess. Um, so that's me. Um, Boy, I, that's the best what you're selling. <laughs> is that how you're selling yourself? <laughs> Come on, Grace. Okay, so you are somebody who already, you know, had qualifications in marketing, had a bachelor of business. Yes. And a law career in the corporate world. What was your start in your life with your corporate? Um, I went to uni. Uh, you know, you do the normal things, you go to school, you, you do your HSC, you, you strive really hard to get great results, um, you get the best results or the best marks that you can, I guess, in your exams and then you apply for uni and you go to uni and you study and it's like the, the life cycle of what mm. you're supposed to do. And then you graduate from uni and I just happened to get married just after my graduation. Wow. Um, so I was a very young bride, I guess. 22 when I said I do 
Um, I like that one. <laughs> um, and then started my career as a newly married woman in marketing. Um, worked in various different companies in print and different marketing fields. Got my dream job, I guess, um, in uh, FMCG marketing as well. Uh, that was the job that I wished that I, you know, that's what I was working really, really hard for during my uni career, during my, my the beginning of my corporate career. Um, that's what I wanted. Then I got there and I realised that's not actually what I wanted. Why is that? Oh. Um, I became... I became enthrusted into this corporate world of people doing business, which was great and which was exciting. And I was working with some big, big, big brands. Um, but to everybody else, I was just a number. I was just a person who was going to make a project come to life. I was just a person who, were, who had a dollar figure on top of her head that I was supposed to the ultimate goal for me was to bring in the sales mm. nobody cared about me as a person there was no relationship with that i no no relationships with my clients no relationships with the internal stakeholders with the staff with anything else so just i was just somebody who was there working tirelessly morning to night and not really getting anything any reward in like internal reward out of it so i came home one day and I said to my husband, I'm going to quit my I'm job. Not, I'm, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quit my I fired myself. Um, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to, and I want to become a wedding planner. And he went, okay. Bit this of a is shift. Interesting. Um, <laughs> is this really what you want to do? And I said, yes. And at the point, at, at that point in my life, I think I had some health issues. So everything just seemed to have come down on me all in, all in one go. And I said, yes, this is really what I want to do. This is what I wanted to do when I was a little girl. But I never really thought it was viable to, to be a wedding planner. I never really... I knew I ultimately wanted to have my own business somehow, some way, some, some time. But I didn't know the what. Mm. And I said, this is, this is my childhood dream. And he said, okay, well... My, I support you with whatever you decide to do. But if you really want this, you need to work for it. And if you really want to sell weddings and do weddings, you need to be qualified to be able to do it. So why don't you go and do some research and see what sort of um, event management classes or event, you know, business colleges that you can you can enroll into um, and get your qualification because it's no, there's no point opening your own business and doing this like full-time, ultimately full-time without actually having a qualification to support you. So he, I think he thought that this is just going to be too hard for me. I, <laughs> there was no way that I, you know, I'd talked about going back to uni in the past and doing my MBA, but it was like the thought of it just scared me. So I think he was, he threw that out there thinking she's not going to she's going to reconsider and change her mind and decide to go back to full-time work and I didn't I enrolled into college I studied I um at that point when I was studying I think I had the biggest challenge I was facing the biggest challenges in my life I guess in terms of my health 
So I use that as a way of trying to overcome me and overcome the challenges and trying to um, focus on being, on building myself and doing something for me. Mm. So I graduated and while I was in college, I developed GD the brand or GD events, I guess. GD events came first. And I chose GD because it's my name. I am GD. How appropriate it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we threw a lot of names around in the, you know, in the meantime, and there were a few different options. But at the end, I guess I think I wanted my brand to represent me. I wanted it to represent who I am, what I stand for, what my mission is, how I like to do business. And I don't, I think maybe I like to do business a little bit different to some of the big corporations I guess there's a human human aspect to my work there is a every client has every client that I've dealt with in the in the past and in the present and hopefully in the future has actually become my friend and some of them have become family um, and those are the relationships that I take on and those are the relationships that have built my business to where it is today um, that's what I wanted. There is a big difference to working for a company who just doesn't even see you as a person, mm. whereas my work gives me the opportunity to see every single person and to get every, get to know every single person and to hear their stories and to help them in, along the way as well when they just need someone to talk to. Wow, it's, that's huge. So the output is events and weddings. But the input is the people that I get to meet along the way. That's amazing. Think about it, like, like when I hear like event planning and event management. To, to me, it seems like quite a common thought for even a young person. Like they love to like look into those that career, that career path, and that world. When you first thought about it, what was your mindset, and what did you actually need to know now that you're in it? Now that you're an established businesswoman. Um. I needed to know how to build a business from scratch, like from literally zero dollars in the bank, how to build this to be able to create a cash flow, um, how to be able to survive um, during the rough courses, you know, that when, when, when the waves hit and you just money's not coming through and you need to still be able to survive and to keep going. I needed to learn how to be patient um, I had a business degree, so I knew how it worked in a textbook. But when you put a textbook to real life, life happens along the way as well and it gets in the middle of the way and not everything goes to plan as what's in the textbook. So um, I guess it's like an even bigger assignment than what you have to do deal with when you're actually at uni and you're you know submitting your final final work. Putting that in, putting that content into real life is very different. But mm. the qualifications that I had in the background helped me to put practice into, or to put theory into practice, I guess, theologically. But you have to have the stamina and the perseverance and the strength to keep on going, because it's very easy just to say this is too hard, mm. and I can't do this anymore. I'll just go back to full time work. Was it like 70% of businesses go bankrupt anyway? Yep. Something like that? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But then that's your dream. Exactly. So (laughs) I read something the other day that said that with every 
you know, to be able to achieve your dream, you have to sacrifice. And if you don't sacrifice, you end up sacrificing your dream. Mm. So which one do you choose? You only got one shot. <laughs> Interesting. Mario is looking at me. <clears throat> well, I like to choose our second guest as well. I think that he's as well the somebody who can share with us how much he sacrificed of his life to fulfill his dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, John Mott, somebody who I'm looking very high. He's a good friend of mine for many years now. And uh, he built a uh, very successful business and makes people very famous. So, John, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Thanks, Mario. Um, I guess it's uh, we do a lot of things. It's interesting when we talk about business because, um, you know, I think nothing ever starts the same way as you think. And so um, I started off working at a bank and ended up um, running a publishing business and a software business. So it's not like it's kind of very different. So part of the process was that when I started sort of figuring out the best way to help people market their business was to write a book. So that was where we kind of ended up in place doing. And it's interesting when you write a book because you can actually lay out everything about your business and no one writes lies in books. So it has to be truthful, <laughs> has to work. <laughs> And they spent a lot of time on it. So what we found was that when we started getting people writing books, it was a great place to start in their business. And then from that point, um, we started move, working into software and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of my background. Um, Come on, don't be shy. Come on, give us, give us, give us your achievements now. Um, yeah, so basically the way that we always work with clients is we need to eat our own dog food, right? Yes. So if you don't do it yourself and you haven't done it in the last six months, you're not entitled to be an expert about it. That is correct. Right. So if you've done it 10 years ago, you're not an expert anymore. So I've published about, I think, seven books now. Um, so that basically the idea was try it on yourself, see how it goes. And one of the books we ended up just recently did, we ended up being a Wall Street Journal and a, a USA Today bestseller as well. So it yes. was like a combination book where you get a bunch of authors together. And we sold about 10,000 books that week or something like that. So it was a big, big effort. Um, and it's great on the list of credibility. So the reality with books is it's it's really about your credibility list. Seven it? times that you are a bestseller. Right? Yeah. That's so great, yes. I even wrote a book about squash, though, and it's because I wanted to. It <laughs> 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 wasn't because of any other reason. It's, just like, it's not that I'm really an expert on squash. I've only been playing for 30 years. I still haven't figured it out. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so basically that was that. I mean, I, when I was working for the bank, I got an associate diploma in accounting. Back in the days with TAFE, wasn't really, it was like 25 subjects. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, wow. so Jeez. now they do little short runs with, a, you know, a couple of modules and you're done. Back then it was 25 modules or something like that over five wow. years. So I was doing three nights a week, um, all these associate, all these different ex exams and stuff and playing squash as well. So it was like two times a week. So I was basically never home um, and had to pass all these exams as well because yeah. the bank paid for it. So that's the only yes. reason I did it. I didn't do it because I was interested <laughs> in the stuff. <laughs> But the funny thing about it is I looked about counting and I looked about marketing and, and you know, lots of different areas, yeah. you know, company law, all those sorts of things. And because we had one of the top um, accountants in, I think, in Townsville at the time that was, uh, like, used to charge out, was, eight, was like 500 bucks an hour or something. And he was, you know, like back then, that was like 20-odd years ago. So it was one That's of like the, a $5,000 an hour, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big guy. And so we learned from him. It taught me a lot about accounting and, and yeah. company and stuff like that. So. That was one of the things that I saw the biggest achievement was to be able to get that associate diploma because it shows, but it was hands-on as well. So the trouble with a lot of courses is not necessarily hands-on. So, um, And what makes you switch career from banking to the publishing uh, um, business? You know, they reckon you, you, you start because of a boss and you leave because of a boss. <laughs> okay. No, I never heard that one. <laughs> yeah, you'll always leave because of the boss. Um, 
my boss was driving me insane. Like he, he never, I was in, I wanted to get in a commercial lending. I was the youngest commercial lending assistant in, in Queensland. Yeah. Um, by about three years or something. Kept on telling him I was too young to be that job, but in the end they gave it to me. Like 20, uh, 28, I was too young. Um, and so when I got there, the guy didn't want to lend any money. He just wanted to get it back. So it was oh. just foreclosing on people and we were, you know, taking people's houses and businesses. And I said, I didn't get in the bank. To, I didn't want to do this. And so I, st- I got into IT, I got into computers just in 1990 when I first got off the ground. And within, I think, six months or so, I was I was had like 100 leads a week coming in because wow. the local Dell, well, it was not Dell now, it was used to call Osborne Computers, was giving me leads like crazy. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I'd started this business. I thought, well, I might just leave. I had enough. It was 10 years in the bank. I might as well leave. Okay. Um, and so basically the day after I left, uh, I was a bit shaky on the old, you know, I was a bit over... I had a bit to drink the day before. <laughs> so lucky I started on the Monday. I had two days to get over it. Um, and then I was booked out probably three, five times a day, bookings for five years. So basically I never wow. marketed once in that business for five years. Wow. And then the company went broke. I was born computers went broke. And suddenly I had to learn how to market out of the blue. <laughs> so I'd spent like 100 grand learning that, and, you know, just buying stuff and sort of took it from there. So basically once I got in the IT business, I got into accounting software and then... And long story short, we took over the accounting software in Sydney when I came here. Yeah. Um, turned that into the second largest Sage distributor in the world. So that was basically an accounting software distribution company that sells sort of entry-level accounting software. Um, sold that business and then got into the book publishing. So that's the full circle how it got to that point. Because okay. I, I moved to Sydney to take over a soft accounting software company. I didn't move to Sydney to start a business. I was <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we'll, we'll leave it there. We're, there. We're just going to take a short break. Um, and uh, after the break, we come back. With a more questions, our guest Grace, very, very sophisticated GD, you know what I mean? In the name, <laughs> like it's a lot of business. And John Nott, somebody who you can look high and learn so much. We come back after the show break. Something new in 2022 with the Parramatta College. Term 1 courses are open for enrolment and include business and work skills, computer skills, leisure and lifestyle, languages. The Parramatta College also offers New South Wales government funded courses. Eligibility criteria applies. Improve your personal and professional development with the Parramatta College. Enroll today. Call 9687 2072. That's 9687 2072. Or visit parramattacollege.edu.au. We all know that paying for a funeral can be a financial burden. However, have you ever thought of paying off a prepaid funeral with none of the ongoing premiums that is associated with funeral insurance? $1,000 can get you started. Hills Family Funerals, a family owned and operated business of 35 years, can make it easier for you. Call 02-9659-0900, ask for Richard Spiteri or speak to one of the friendly staff members to learn how. Get assistance today. Call Hills Family Funerals, station sponsor. Alive 90.5. Where you go, I go. I'm waiting for you. Yeah, you know. I got this feeling. Your name I'm hearing. Won't you go? Feels a lot like hearts. Feels a lot like mine. Feels a lot like love. 
Saturday night at Workers Blacktown, every Saturday night and Sunday afternoon at Workers Sports, and every Sunday afternoon at Workers Hubertus. Plus, enjoy a full range of dining facilities. Visit the website at www.workersclub.com.au for the full music schedule, plus plenty of other activities including raffles, bingo, promotions and fun events. Workers is your club. 
station sponsor. Hexagon Home Loans is your trusted mortgage broker. We focus on providing you with personal service and expert advice to help you find the home loan which best suits your requirements. Ranging from first home loans, refinancing, investment home loans, self-employed home loans, debt consolidation and SMSF loans. With a large network of lending institutions at our fingertips, we can assist you in making a well-informed decision that will save you time and money. Call us on 1300 562 649. Australian Credit Licence 504481. Station Sponsor. Twenty-seven minutes to three on a live ninety point five. Your sound, your community. You're listening to the Business of Life with Matthew Caruana and Maria Beckus, and we're live with Grace and John, who have blessed us with their presence today in studio. Grace, who is working with the uh, event management and planning, the, planning people's events and weddings, and there's a lot beneath that. Mario, sounds like you've got some questions you're dying to ask her. Yeah, first of all, let's go say hello to Pierre, to the great husband, <laughs> who was, was very keen to hear. That's <laughs> like, hello, Pierre, your wife, she's in good hands, and uh, she didn't say nothing wrong about you, except that you didn't help her, done nothing for her. But it's okay, we, 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 you know, hello, Pierre, from the Alive 90.5. But let's go, let's go back to the one thing you said in the beginning um, yes. about business, and John is going to go, same question for you. Once we start running the business, we are chasing something, always chasing, right? You know, I mean, everybody's chasing something. I was chasing to pay the bills, you know, I mean, to have the roof above my head. And, you know, things start slowly um, growing. And as the business grows, we sort of going backwards in, in, our, in our growth because we're servicing clients, more clients, more clients. But you, Grace, say something very important. The human factor in your business, which okay. you emphasize at the beginning how important it is so can you just expand on this why human factor is important in business and then John same question for you why we are why the business has actually becomes more automated rather than being more human mm. because at the end of the day we're people working with people we everybody has a story everybody wakes up in the morning and either you decide that it's going to be a good day or you, you decide that it's not so great today because you may have woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Something happens along the way that changes things. Everybody's human, you know? Like if I call you and you may just be having a bad day but I'm having a really good day, I you either, um, you either take off on what my vibe is or I take off on what your vibe is. We're all here for the same reason. We're all here to continue living and, you know, survive and grow and have a family and build work and buy houses and do whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the human experience that makes your business become, in my opinion, it becomes more successful. It's not just about the dollars in the bank. It's, I mean, the dollars in the bank are important because they help to pay the bills and they help to help to keep the business survive. Um, but it's also the people, uh, like if you think of your if you think of your clients as as your friends and you develop a relationship, they're more likely to want to come back to you, and not just once. They're more likely to come back to you multiple times, and especially when it's an event. So if I'm doing, uh, I've got a client at the moment who um, I styled, I planned and styled their engagement party. I'm now doing their wedding. I'm now doing the bride's bridal shower. 
and hopefully once they get married we'll we'll look into doing the christenings and we'll look into doing the kids birthdays that's a lifelong relationship that I've developed with this client who who it doesn't want to look around anywhere else because it's not about the dollar figure that I'm providing her I'm not the cheapest I'm not the most expensive it's about the service that I'm providing her I'm providing I'm over servicing so when when she picks up the phone at 11 o'clock at night and sends me a random photo of, of uh, you know, floral centerpieces that she thinks may work, I'm going to answer her mm. because I'm not just her event planner. I'm her friend. When she calls me and she says to me, I've had a really tough day at work when we're supposed to have a consultation, I've had a really tough day at work today, and then she sits there and tells me about her day, I'm there to listen to her. And then we talk about work. You know, we mix it together. There's no there's no right or wrong way of dealing with clients and there's no right or wrong way of of building, um, you know, professional relationships. And I'm not saying that every client of mine has to become, a, a, a you know, a good friend, but it's those ones that do that carry, um, they carry the business through to the whole, the whole uh, you know, a whole nother level. They're, 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 the, they're the ones that... They used to say in in marketing that um, it's great to advertise, but word of mouth actually speaks further than monetary advertising. So one person who speaks good about you or who has has a good experience with you is going to go and tell the next person. That person will then deal with you and then go and tell the next person. Like it's, it's, it's a lot more personal and a lot more fulfilling, I guess, than just running an ad where you've got a pretty picture of somebody or an event. Um, there's no humanity to it. It's, it's amazing because one thing you mentioned, even Mario mentioned as well, like as a business, you've, you've like, there comes a, like typically when you're starting, you're looking at it like, I've got to pay my bills. Yep. My business makes me money. But to bridge that gap and see your clients for humans, mm. not for dollar figures, not for this wedding will make me x x amount, and or this this engagement will make me this and this, and then like then I then I got the christening coming up as well. Yeah, I can compound on this client. It's like no, you're now seeing them for them, and yep. you're treating them as a person as they want to be treated. Correct, and not like not every person's wedding is going to be the same as the last person's wedding, and in say, mm. and I and I say that because I see a lot of weddings that just look the same as the last the last one that was posted. But this is a different bride and groom. This is a different couple. They come from different backgrounds. They have different personalities. Mm. It needs to reflect them or, you know, whether it's a wedding or whether it's a social event or a corporate event. If it's a corporate event, it needs to reflect their brand. But it needs to reflect them as people and their union together and their relationship together and the reason why they actually fell in love with each other more than just having white flowers and and you know centerpieces and and drums and fireworks and what have you that's great that's all the mechanics of it but whose wedding is it like when you Mm. go into this wedding you need to experience that it's so and so and so and so's wedding not just the same as the last one it goes beyond just the relationship yeah it's the element of who they are correct and that's the human factor that i'm striving to find and and you know that that's what i focus on rather than i rather than just looking at a bride and groom and seeing dollar figures on top of their heads that's great i need the i need for a business to survive there has to be a cash flow 
there has to be payments made because I need to continue the longevity of my business and we need to grow and, and develop. But it's not just about the dollar figure that's on top of your head. It's not just about me making a sale. It's about me creating and getting a new client who's who's there for the for the journey or who's 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 allowed me to be part of their journey. Mm. That's uh, deep. Eh? But do you doing the as well the accommodated when the divorce comes in in in, in place as well? <laughs> do you say like okay, this is different background, this is different personality? Is, is that a bigger event than the wedding itself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm there to give counseling advice. <laughs> I can't say no, that. No, I was meaning to throw the party. I mean, somebody comes up and celebrate divorce. I'll throw the party. Yeah. Yeah. I'll of course you party. will. It's like all the you know the <laughs> cheerleaders and everything else. Like, <laughs> so John, same question for you. How important is the human factor in a business? And Murray, it was something interesting you said about um, automation, right? I think automate the processes but not the relationship. So a lot of people try to automate that relationship building and that's a bad idea because it's, it's obvious when you're trying to build a relationship um, when you're not real. So I think that's one thing most people forget about and the more you can automate a process, the better more money you'll make and the person won't care because it'll be efficient then. Yep. Um, it's interesting about the human aspect because humans are all about stories, right? So when we do book publishing, obviously it's about the story. Um, and getting that story right. And one of the things about marketing is that you've got to, what they say about you when you leave the room yes. is more important than what they say when you're in the room. And so if you can get that story right, that they can repeat it okay, right each time and, and getting that storytelling right. I mean, I used to have an author that had cancer and he got cancer at one or something crazy and he survived. And I could tell his story probably better than he could because I'd seen it so many times and we'd done the book and we'd, I'd seen him speak and stuff like that. So I knew his story inside out. Um, because of the fact we did the book. And I think that's the trick with the book is to get that thing right, get your story right. And yeah. and the really funny thing is when I the, the thing that everybody avoids when you write books is bios. They don't like talking about themselves. Why is that? Though? I don't know. It's just the thing they'll avoid the most. And so we, when we publish a book, we do a couple of things. We do the cover and the title first, yeah. but we always make sure we do the bio first. Well, I can I can give you the bio for the grades better than she can give, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I read yeah. the bio. But truth it is, people doesn't love to... Um, talk about themselves, yeah. right? Except when it's a positive, you know, look at what I achieved, you know what I mean? Yeah. I heard something interesting in the past, it has nothing to do with the business, nothing with it, it's about life. And uh, the statement was being made, why do people call you in their home? And uh, and when they're stopping calling your home, like for the barbecues, whatever, it's parties, so they can visually represent, pre- sorry, present to you their achievements. Look at your kitchen, look at your yep. car, you know, when you and hope to God you notice, right? Because if you don't, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. That's true. And, and, and when they have nothing else to impress you, it's and a cycle of new friends, yes. Yeah. And the same goes with the bio, right? Because people believe that bio is not important, but it's your it's your credentials, wherever you go, right? And yeah. it took me many, many years to actually combine my, my bio because I was talking every time different story, right, about mm. me. Same story, but different elements, you know. It mm. doesn't, doesn't work that way. Now, the question before I take the break. Just one thing on the bio subject yes, is, please. bios are not about you. They're about... It's always about, about me. The peop- <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that's that's what people think. Um, yeah. The reality of bios are not about you. It's about how they, you reflect to someone else and how they how they interact with you. So in some respects, it's all about the other people. It's not about you. So that's yeah. what people forget about is a bio is not about you. It's about how you interact or how you help people and that side of the other how side of the coin, the story, right, yeah. the story of you, yeah. but how you interact with other people and how you, how the people benefit from you or how they feel the same as you. 
That's an amazing way to put it. Yeah. Wow. I like that. We've done a few bios in a time. <laughs> done about 150 books. So that's the toughest one. I reckon you, if you can't write a decent bio about yourself, then um, you're in trouble in business, I reckon. Cause that's because that's, that's why we take the book, you know, look at the, at the back page and, yep. you know what I mean, and checking the, who, is, who is a writer. Mm. It is? Yeah, yeah. And, but also it's, it's long and short bios. And when we get people to write a bio, we're at a long one and a short one and a medium-sized one. So because yeah. like in Twitter, you can only put so much in, right? So yeah. at the end of the day, it's... Um, the idea is you've got short, long versions of the same story, yeah. but it's your story that relates to other people can relate to. So that human aspect, that bio isn't your credentials necessarily. It's all about you and how you help people and, and what they can get from you. It's not a resume. It's not a resume, no. But, think, but interesting. It's not LinkedIn. We both of you, yeah. both of you, <laughs> you know, when, when you know, might ask you who you are, right? Yeah. It, very modest speaking about ourselves, but then it's come to you know, to that next element, what you do and how you're doing yeah. and everything yeah. else. And we always say, oh, I help people get what they want. That's my job. Grace? Do you, I, do you help your, I help you create the event that you've dreamed. I've, I help create your childhood um, childhood dream come to life. Wow. The fairy tale. The fairy tale. <laughs> it's about the client. It's about the client. Their dream. Yeah. yeah. They need, it's yeah. about those clippings that she was been collecting since she was a little girl. And that dress that she envisioned, that's what I hope to come to bring to life. I'll tell you what my dream it is, childhood dream. <laughs> it's a unicorn. So, like, you know, I mean, want to take a short break, you listen to <laughs> take a short break, I come back with the, our questions from our guests, John North and the Grace Dagger. Did I pronounce properly, Dagger? Yeah. It sounds dangerous, eh? <laughs> mm, that's a good one. Take a short break. <laughs> Live 90.5. McGrath Estate Agents understand that selling your home is one of the most important financial decisions you'll ever make. With award-winning teams in the hills, their service goes above and beyond any other to create great results and lifelong relationships to deliver the best possible result. Brett Humby of McGrath Estate Agents will unlock value in your home you never knew existed. To realise more and experience the McGrath Advantage with Brett Humby, head to mcgrath.com.au or search Brett Humby today. Station sponsor. SE Timbers Castle Hill are flooring experts. Not just flooring, SE Timbers supply, install and guarantee solid timber, engineered, laminate and vinyl flooring as well as carpet blinds and shutters. An authorised dealer of major brands like Borrell, Preference and Quickstep. Call 98946660 or visit setimbers.com.au to arrange a free quote today. Station sponsor, SE Timber Floors and Shutters, ingrained quality. Hi, this is Dominic from The Hit Mix Show, Monday 2 to 4pm. The Hit Mix Show is all about top hits, classic dance tracks and Italian music right across the decades, mixed with interviews and reviews. Why not tune in every Monday from 2 to 4pm on Alive 90.5 with Dominic. Look into my eyes, can you see the open wide? Would I lie to you? Would I lie to you? Don't you know it's true? There's no one else but you. Would I lie to you? Would I lie to you, babe? Time for me to demonstrate that I'm at work when I stay up late. Club girls call when I serenade. So up our balls just to fill the name. There ain't no plan. I'm just a man. And I'll always want you Tell me 
you know Time for me to love you just to prove I ain't jealous when you go It's the three on a live 90.5, the business of life. We're the Mario Beckers and Matt Caruana. We're live with Grace and John in studio in Borkham Hills, and we're keen to continue this conversation. I reckon let's just get straight to it. We've only got 10 minutes before the break. So, Mario. Yes. You've brought some interesting guests, very interesting guests on. And when it comes to when it comes to you, John, when you're interacting with your clients. You mentioned previously about the human element. I can imagine a lot of what you work with, though, isn't necessarily in person. Yeah, no, most of my clients are remote. In fact, the vast majority of my clients are in America. And you're still able to imp- implement that human element to it. Yeah, I think the thing is it's it's a, it's sort of relating to them and, and getting through that you know, barrier of thinking, oh, it's just a transactional thing. Mm. So it's it's relating to them. It's encouraging them going through that process. And so that, that's interesting. Zoom, you know, suddenly become real popular in the last couple of years. Um, but we've been doing it for years and years like that way. So we got good at that relationship building on Zoom because mm-hmm. there's two ways of doing it, <laughs> you know. And so it's getting clear and, and I probably does. Um, to the Mario did a lot of podcasting. We did a podcast with Mario recently. And that whole interaction and being able to interact properly with someone is an art form. Yeah, wow. and, you know, and I think that's the trick is people don't realise what's going, what they're portraying and, and, and also video is very, um, you know, it can be quite revealing to people when they're not paying attention. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Particularly so, when they don't put their clothes on, but that's another story in <laughs> itself. But, you know, just well, in terms of what they do and their reactions and all that sort of stuff, stuff you notice that you don't normally notice when talking face-to-face with someone. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And I wanted to ask as well, like for both yourself, Grace and John, when it comes to this human element that we've, we've touched on, 
what do people need to be bringing to their clients before they even interact with them? So if, in your instance, Grace, when someone is like, someone reaches out to you, inquires on your website or they send you a message or whatever, hey, look, I'm planning my wedding. I'm looking for someone awesome who's going to really cater for what I envision. What do you need to go into that meeting with? So you need to go into the meeting with a mindset that you're not just, it's not just transactional. You're dealing with a human being. You're dealing with someone's dream. You're dealing with someone's fairy tale, I guess. Um, and you need to do whatever it takes to understand that fairy tale because not everyone's open to telling you the story right from the get-go. So you've got to be open to hearing about the hints, open to asking questions to, um, to, get, to get more information, and then through that you develop a concept and a design that brings that fairy tale to life even though they actually haven't said it to you in words. Mm. So it's not transactional. There's much more involved than just saying, yes, we're going... It's not, it's, there's much more involved than just ticking the boxes that, yes, we have flowers, we have balloons, we have whatever... It, there's much more um, and then I guess it I guess it also in terms of the human human aspect of it you go into that meeting or you go into that consultation with the with the idea in the mind in your mind that you're looking for a long-term business relationship with this client it's not just this event and then thank you see you later move on to the next one I'm looking to develop that relationship with you so that you will continue continue to come to me Whenever you need, when whenever you have a celebration or a non-celebration, whatever it is we're celebrating. Um, Why are you looking at me like I just? Because <laughs> maybe maybe um, divorces are going to. Well, parties. You know, okay. So after after two marriages, like you know, next one it's a silence over there. <laughs> but I found something interesting. I, 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 I going out to do my notes and try to catch up. He said, when it comes to the making the most of your budget, a wedding planner can actually help you say more on your bottom line. That's how right. Do you need to scream on me? Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, just like, it's like, it's like <laughs> how? Having a wedding planner, first of all, re releases most of the stress because I already know what I'm doing. I've already done, I already do this as, this is my job. So I do this every I'm, I'm, single I'm, day. I'm pretty sure I'm no, seeing John's eyes. Yeah, it's your not your first radio, right? <laughs> your, your book is coming. Yeah, yeah. Wedding planner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've actually seen know. a few. You done a few. Know. Yeah. Well, it becomes a handbook for the for your customer as well. Yep. So one of the books See. we wrote was actually how to publish. So we actually wrote a handbook. Okay. And that's a way of actually See, telling the client, training guests, the client, right? Because you have to train a, them too. Yeah. Two yeah, guests okay. of your profile, such a good marriage for the business. That's fantastic. Wedding singer and a wedding planner. <laughs> Please don't get me to sing. <laughs> it's like I've got a great face for radio, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what. Okay. You know what was question? <laughs> yeah, you, I say I read it from the article prepared. When it comes to making the most of your budget, a wedding planner can actually help you say more on your bottom line. Because so for the way the way that I work in particular is I work with a an I don't I don't do people think that wedding planners do everything themselves. I don't do everything myself. I cannot physically create everything myself. Yeah. So Either I choose to um, hire people that do everything in-house mm -hmm. or I develop relationships, and this is, again, another, another form of relationship building, but with my suppliers and vendors who I go to and I trust 
to who I can who, who will actually make the wedding come to life. Um, and in doing that, I know what your budget is, even even though most people don't think that they have a budget, that everyone always has a budget somehow along the line. Um, of course, you don't want to win the wedding. You have no money. It's like, it's like, yeah, I know you have the money. It's like, <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone always says, "Oh, I don't know what the budget is," but there's always a budget. There's always like, a cap. this is. There's always a cap. I yeah. can't spend more than that, so that's your mm. budget. Or I can spend that, so your budget's a little bit higher. Um, but when you when you learn about what's important to the to the couple or to the customer to the you know to the even the business mm. what's important to the to the company who's doing a, a corporate event what's important to the mum who's hosting her child's first birthday what's important to the bride and groom who's who's getting married then I know how to allocate the budget I know that okay balloons are really important to you let's spend that money Come on. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to some people it is. They want the biggest. When some they say balloons, I see the it. You know the movie it. <laughs> the clown with the balloon. No. Hot air balloon. That's a horror movie, off. man. Oh, That's the hot air <laughs> some people want actual real hot air balloons. Do you have and, that experience? And we have to make that, make <laughs> that happen. But they want an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean ambulance? The ham- hot air balloons. A hot air balloon, sorry. Yeah. I understood ambulance. No, 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 not ambulance. <laughs> Look, we come to the end of the first hour. We take a, now the break and the news. And after the break, after the news, we come back more with John North and uh, our lovely Grace Dagger, <laughs> the you. wedding planner, and uh, John North, who I know he's going to make even more famous. <laughs> I, am, I, I can see him. He's going to just make it happen. Sounds good. Stick around, guys. You're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt on a live 90.5. Your sound, your community. We'll be back shortly. Today's bulletin brought to you by yourself. Good afternoon, I'm Laura DeVoy. The Prime Minister says opposition leader Anthony Albanese is pushing for an election to avoid being scrutinised by the public. Mr Albanese has been encouraging Scott Morrison to call the election, which is due in May. Both leaders have already embarked on campaigns ahead of the poll. Mr Morrison has come under fire in recent days over allegations he racially vilified an opponent during pre-selection for his seat of Cook in 2007, but he has denied those claims. Speaking in Melbourne, the Prime Minister says Mr Albanese has been doing his best to avoid scrutiny. The Labor Party, and particularly the Leader of the Opposition, Leader of the Labor Party, Anthony Albanese, has been skating away there uh, without a lot of scrutiny, without a lot of attention, sort of pretty happy to try and get an election as quickly as he can and try and avoid the scrutiny of an election campaign. Flood-affected residents in New South Wales will be eligible for new funding amid concerns it will take them years to recover from recent natural disasters. The state government has announced grants of up to $20,000 for residents of eight local government areas whose homes have been declared damaged or destroyed and who are unable to access insurance or natural disaster relief. Premier Dominic Perrottet is touring the region this week. He says he will personally oversee the recovery over the coming months and years. We are going to be here for the long haul. I want every single community in the Northern Rivers to get back 